If you have to decide between overspending and oversleeping, choose the comfy option. Ultimate sleep comfort has never been more affordable than with Nectar's Labor Day weekend sale. $499 in accessories plus an additional $200 off. Every Nectar mattress comes with a 365-night home trial, forever warranty, and free shipping and returns when you shop from the convenience of your own home at Nectarsleep.com. Join over 2 million happy sleepers that dream on Nectar mattresses and save up to $699. Hurry, offer ends September 5th. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disc 2 Movie Review with me, Rianne Evans. Each week we choose one old film and one new film and have a little chat about what we think about them. This week I'm very happy to welcome back Lee Stevens and Martin Kane and we are going to chat about Taika Waititi's 2016 cult comedy Hunt for the Wilder People and Hal Ashby's 1971 comedy drama Harold and Maud. So, gentlemen, let's start with Hunt for the Wilder People. This is Ricky Baker. Apparently he's a real bad egg. We're talking disobedience, stealing, spitting, running away, throwing rocks, kicking stuff, loitering and graffiti. There's no one else who wants you, okay? Um, I thought it was lovely. I've never seen it before. Lovely is yeah. an excellent. Yeah, well, there's a great description for that. Yeah, it's a nice little, um, nice little feel-good film. It took me ages to realise it was Sam Neill. <laughs> I felt so <laughs> yeah, stupid. I was just watching. Thing, oh, he sounds just like Sam Neill. I mean, given the amount of Jurassic Park that you've been watching recently as well, I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be, uh, there we go. Another mention of Jurassic Park. There'll yeah, be one in every two every two. episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a really nice uh, little film, and I remember seeing the trailer for it. When it came out and thinking that looks like like a pretty funny little film just because of the like the casting of the main character, Ricky Ricky the, Baker. That's the one, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's ace. And uh yeah, I was telling um uh, someone at work about it and then it fell off the seat like, Oh my god, I love that film and then just started quoting like, and singing the Ricky Baker birthday song and stuff oh, at yeah. me. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Apparently they did that song because they couldn't get the rights to sing Happy Birthday. Happy Birthday. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So they just came up with the Ricky Baker song on the spot. Incredible. <laughs> I was surprised the mother died. I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect... Because, again, I knew, I knew nothing about the film going in. I thought, oh, God, that's happened. Yeah. It's quite abrupt as well. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. The pace of the whole film was really, really nice. It, it was quick, but those silent moments were quite poignant and heavy yeah. the couple was quietly hilarious as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he only had a few few jokes in there but they were all good yeah <laughs> it's my favorite modern comedy that's mm-hmm. what i said to yeah. you guys last yeah, week yeah. it was the the first comedy i watched in a while and i was like this is my this is my new favorite yeah, yeah. and i felt it had that cult feeling immediately oh absolutely, yeah yeah, 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 yeah which definitely. made it even better yeah, yeah. It has that, like, as you say, the sort of what we do in the shadows. Mm. Um, and, like, even not Napoleon Dynamite, but how that's got a sort of lower budget mm. um, kind of feel to it. 
going back to the policeman, I thought him and the social services lady had a great sort of comic duo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Together, um, it was brilliant. And like you said, he only had a few bits, but they stood out. Like when he's Ricky Baker burns down the bar. The place, yeah. yeah. (laughs) She's like, this ain't no child foster kid. And he's like, this isn't the head of a real child. (laughs) Just throwing the paper plate. (laughs) Just the script as well was just very, very funny. Just simple, but kind of silly. Yeah, humor like with the Terminator bit. That's great. The dog, the dog don't upset me. I'm not, I'm not good with animals dying in films. Right, okay. <laughs> children, adults, I take them all out. But yeah, no, no dogs. No, no dogs. Oh. <laughs> Deers, you all right with them? I, I, I don't care about Bambi's mum. Okay, like, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, um, and it was a nice like the amount of comedy in it as well. It was enough, but there was. It's not to keep you too detached from like the characters so i find if there's a lot of like comedy setups or like humor in it then you kind of have a detachment from the character and you sort of see it as just being like a comedy film Mm -hmm. whereas this brought enough in that you sort of got into the relationship between ricky and his foster dad and it sort of made it a bit more when you like right at the end where the dad goes to prison and but when ricky actually comes back he goes no come and live with us it was like a little bit like oh yeah yeah (laughs) Heartwarming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that what that emotion is? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sam Neill's not the first person you expect to see in a comedy either. Yeah, I was surprised, mm. pleasantly surprised. Yeah. yeah. I really like the way it was edited. I think it can go either way with the the subtitles, like the chapters. Yeah, I thought yeah, yeah. It was mm-hmm. charming. Yeah. But sometimes it can be a bit lazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I thought um, it really suited the the genre of the film. Yeah, yeah I, I, it did do as well, and especially since it's like it's not a child story, but it's kind of turned from the point of view of Ricky. And it's based on a book mm-hmm. as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, it's nice. That I find it not pretentious sometimes, but a little bit like the film's trying to be more than it is. So like when they split, uh, oh God, again, Antichrist into the part, <laughs> um, and you were just a bit like, just let it roll, let yeah. it run through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, this worked really well. And as you say, if it's based on a book as well, then mm. um, it kind of makes uh, makes sense. But I thought it led you into the film really well. I thought the okay. the intro music, which goes out of my head at the minute, um, just the way it start, starts, you know, when he gets out of the... Car, uh, out of the car with his little jacket and stuff on mm-hmm. it it sort of had that certain films you feel like you're going to take on a journey yeah. sort of thing and it had that feel with it it was really odd yeah I enjoy that that whole opening scene actually yeah. is brilliant where he just they just watch him walk around yeah. the, around the house and just Ricky. go back straight Ricky. <laughs> Shuts it what a piece of work egg. <laughs> it's just so good um, but yeah I loved it really really loved it and love that you guys enjoyed oh yeah Yeah. no it was awesome i think there's a certain as you say it's the like the dry new zealand humor Mm. um there's something i think that rings in with like dry british humor as well i don't know how well that film would have gone down in the states but like over here you kind of can just connect with that and and maybe it's the thing again about writing the good characters and you don't need to make things funny because you know just people's personality traits will you know people like that you know so you can sort of connect to that kind of dryness um straight away should we move on to harold and maud yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. How many of these suicides have you performed? Fifteen. What is your name? Harold. Harold Chasen. I'm Dame Marjorie Shardam, but you might call me Maud. I think we're going to be great friends. Did you watch it? Yeah. We, we watched Hook. <laughs> You watched Hook? Yeah, we thought we were doing Hook. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we can talk about Hook. <laughs> oh. To be honest, we can talk about it because you watched the first 
20 minutes yeah, of yeah, I did. I hated it. And I've read a lot yeah. up about it. Beat okay. days. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm blaming Martin for this because I started watching it and I ended up I ended up turning it off thinking, I'm going to have to have two, two goes at this. Right. And uh, then Martin said, oh, we're doing Hook anyway. So I thought, great, I don't need to watch it. <laughs> so, um, what didn't you like about Harold and Maud, though? It, I, I don't... Was it... Maybe I made, made it longer than 20 minutes. <laughs> I made it up to the bit where he shot himself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the only time I thought anything was funny up to that point was the guy with one arm saluting himself with his sleeve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he has, like, his, his sleeve folded up. Okay. But it's done in such a way that if he wants to, he can salute with the... Fantastic. With the thing. Yeah. That was good. But yeah, I um, so it, was sl- it was too dry for me. Yeah. And I, I've got a pretty dry sense of humour. Yeah. But, like, that was arid... I think if it takes into what I've from what I've read of it, it's um, uh, it's quite a morbid mm-hmm. um, film anyway. Obviously, with Harold always like sort of a vine for attention of his mum by faking out suicides and things. Yeah. Um, and then the thing about being on like the dates with the girls and like turning up and chopping his arm off or something mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds. So yeah, that's like really quite dark. Um, I, I don't know if it because it was 1971 yeah. it was filmed I've got down and I do think in terms of comedy the concept yeah. might be quite ahead of its time mm-hmm. or or like it's a good concept but mm-hmm. I don't know if it just comes down to films in the 70s I thought it just kind of missed the mark and it was a bit too dark okay yeah yeah you yeah. know what I mean yeah I uh, I know this is probably, probably, probably sacrilege to a lot of people listening <laughs> but I've never been a particularly big Monty Python fan. And uh, to the point where actually I don't really like it. <laughs> Bye, Mike. Uh, sorry, mate. <laughs> and uh, I, f- I found that the same way. You know, it was, mm. it, it's, it's almost like you've got to make your own fun. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Then it's the, the jokes are, or the humour isn't there. You've got to kind of dig around for it. Mm. Yeah. I, f- I find that a bit weird with films like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm cool. But what, what I did sort of take from it is for with absolutely no right in doing it i'm quite interested in cinematography and the way things are shot and stuff i don't mm. i don't quite know why because i'm rubbish at that sort of thing <laughs> but it made me wonder like when you watch, look at films from the 70s and stuff there was a real push to try and make like the color palette of the film what you see you know in sort of real life okay, yeah. what's around you so everything's a bit dumb yeah and i wonder what, what what point was it where we started just nudging the saturation on things up a little bit okay yeah. it was ju- it was just a weird thing when i was watching it mm-hmm. mm. um i don't know if it was a um because obviously when like technicolor came in mm. you had things like the worst of ours and it was really bright and like dorothy's shoes were actually silver yeah. and they made them red just because the, i didn't know that oh, I didn't. oh yeah yeah so mm. the, yeah so her shoes in the in the book are silver but because they had this newfound color oh, film stuff okay. they made them red to make really? it boost it more take more advantage of the color side of things and um so i don't yeah whether it sort of went with that and then that kind of became like old hat sort of stuff so and I guess the quality of film and things that they were using at the time, because like we saw in like Don't Look Now, and I've seen like the trailer and some clips of Harold and Maud, and it's it is that kind of like dulling. Yeah, there's yeah, not yeah. much it's saturation, yeah. but yeah. it's quite grounded. Yeah, and then maybe we're just used to like the next level of filming where they've been able to push the colours and yeah. push things. And it's funny because I'd read that uh, like Harold and Maud was considered like the first sort of quirky indie film. Yeah. Um, and so ones that go on from them was like a lot of like the Wes Anderson films, which obviously are full of colour. Mm. Um, and things like, um, have you ever seen Little Miss Sunshine? Yeah. So And ones like that. And that's really colourful as well. And so they sort of take that 
kind of like quirky relationship between characters and that's sort of set the the bar kind of for how these films are going in the future yeah. and i think i don't know it's like don't look now where we're used to seeing films that were influenced by it actually nailing and brushing up on the bits that that was Just a bit rough on yeah yeah um, and so you watch something like Harold and Maud now and we're used to seeing like Submarine or Little Miss Sunshine or mm-hmm. like any of the Wes Anderson films. And that's what we're using as our bar. Whereas I guess when it came out, that was the bar and then people have progressed mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah. So maybe that's why it's a, we're a little bit like disappointed. Because reading up about it, it sounds like a really great idea for a film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there have, it has been a bit Marmite. So there was mm-hmm. one at like the AV Club went into how you know important it is as a film, but also quoted from... A different review who absolutely panned it yeah. um, and just said, you know, it's the whole film is about um, you've got the two sides. You've got the Harold obsessed with death and the Maud obsessed with life mm. and things. And they were just like, nope, the whole film just dies. <laughs> and you're see, like, wow. I, see, I, I agree with the, like, aesthetically, it's quite dull. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I do put that down to kind of the timing of when it was filmed. But I didn't, I didn't mind it. I thought um, the concept was really interesting mm-hmm. and there was like a 51 eight year age gap between the two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which yeah. I can't really recall seeing anything else think... with something that dramatically big. And no, the first they're... thing that came to me was Lost in Translation of any sort of recent yeah, times. And that yeah, was an yeah. age gap, but it wasn't obviously as big as that. Quite as dramatic. Yeah. And apparently there was a sex scene, but Paramount cut it out. Mm. But you see, you see it in like... There in the bedroom. Yeah, and it's stuff. an So I was that, like, yeah. it's quite bold, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said, I did think it just felt like, well, it was the first one of its kind, really. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. it just didn't quite hit the mark of. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that we got cut out. Yeah, if in that era. Seemed because mm. it was kind of anything goes, yeah. wasn't it? At that yeah. point. Yeah, but I guess as well, if they're still trying to keep it as like a sort of comedy drama, yeah. they're not wanting. And remember that around the same sort of time when Don't Look Now came out and they kept the sex scene in, people mm. lost their minds over it. They're probably not wanting that to be the focus of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like reoccurring things that we talk about in each episode know, yeah. are the Don't Look Now sex scene, Jurassic Park, <laughs> yeah. and Antichrist. And Antichrist, yeah. <laughs> so what we need... We're, right, we're only two episodes in, it's fine. We'll, we'll, <laughs> it's a demonic <laughs> dinosaur porn movie. <laughs> pretty sure we can find one <laughs> uh, yeah i mean it's good it, it, it kind of posed the question with me whether that's the sort of film that would be prime for a remake yeah. or whether you just go actually that's what made it so special at the time like then they, they remade um arthur mm. didn't they and was it like russell brand, russell played? brand yeah, yeah yeah and so it's like well maybe that did seem a bit dated at the time and it's still a good story so it could have been told to a new kind of generation could something like this could you get away with something like this now where you had like um oh name me a young actor young male actor the guy the spider-man yeah the spider-man guy could you have a film where him and maggie smith got it on <laughs> uh, uh, uh radcliffe be... would be a good one for daniel, radcliffe. daniel radcliffe yeah yeah I'd be, I'd go watch it. You know, I think yeah. a bit, I think more out of interest of how it comes out and how it does come across yeah. than than anything else. Curiosity. Yeah. So that would be that's it's kind of got. If you think about the carefree side of Maud, it's kind of got a Richard Curtis thing about it, where yeah. or like a Calendar Girls type, whoever produced mm. that, um, kind of feel to it. On paper, like the concept of the film sounds like an Adam Sandler film, right? Yeah, it's the oh mm. Harold and Maud. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, if you have a film that starts a Happy Madison production, yeah. <laughs> expectations are just going to go right down here. But yeah, I mean, after reading all about it, I'm quite interested to watch Harold and Maud now, which I should have done already. I know. <laughs> 
Hey there, podcast fans. Are you looking for a new true crime podcast? Check out Gangster House, the new podcast from Imperative Entertainment. Gangster House has everything. Hospital hitmen, FBI informants, a prison escape, a van explosion, and so much more. I'm Jason Hoke, creator of Gangster House and producer of podcast mega hits, Atlanta Monster, Broken Hearts, and Monster, the Zodiac Killer. Listen to Gangster House right now on your favorite podcast player. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My friends still rave about the Prosecco I brought last year. Let me help make your Friendsgiving unforgettable. Bordeaux is one of the world's most popular red blends, made from Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Merlot. It also makes the perfect gift for your picky boss. Having turkey and all the fixings? I suggest an easy-drinking Pinot Noir. For white drinkers, try an unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers!